Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley Bohens. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. My name is Dave, and today I am flying absolutely solo in the Think Orange bunker. Ashley is out with some very important meetings. She's really moving up in the world, and so the only person I have keeping me company is our producer, Kay Daddy, who's pressing his little face up against the little portal window right now, making sure that all the levels are okay, but he may he may grace us with his presence at some point. Let's see if he's got his ear... Kay Daddy, are you there? Yes, sir. It's great to have you here, and your enthusiasm is infectious. Thank you so much. Have you had a good morning so far? It's been good. Brilliant. Okay, so today we are talking about what church leaders need to know about parenting, and we're going to be hearing from two experts in the field, Deborah Tillman and Cindy Fiala. Now, this is a really important topic for churches because it's so important. One of the things we push here all the time on the Think Orange podcast is that churches and parents need to partner with each other. And I don't know what it's like at your church, but I know that sometimes it can be so easy for parents just to drop their kids off at church, or it's easy for student leaders to get together and just express their frustration with parents. But you know what, K-Daddy? Yes. I think spending today complaining about yesterday won't make tomorrow better. And so today, our goal on this podcast is to make your tomorrow better by giving church leaders some tips on how they can better partner with parents. So today you're going to hear an interview that my friend Sarah Bragg and Holly Crawshaw, two amazing parents I might add, did with Dr. Deborah Tillman. Now Dr. Tillman is a child development and parent educator. She's a speaker and author and she's the founder and CEO of Happy Home Child Learning Centers. And she was one of America's super nannies on Lifetime Television, a genuine celebrity on the podcast for you here today, folks. And then we're going to hear a clip from Cindy Fiala. Now, Cindy is a consultant, she's a coach, she's a speaker, and she's been helping church leaders be intentional about reaching kids and students and, importantly, the entire family. So I am really excited about today's episode. I have no doubt you're going to want to take a ton of notes. So to give you some time to get a pen and paper handy, I'm going to tell you really quickly about today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Orange Apps. Now, I'm looking through the little portal right now, and I see that K-Daddy is on his phone. No doubt he's looking at the suite of customizable mobile apps empowering churches to reach parents and volunteers where they are. So I just want to tell you about two of those apps. Now, the first one is the Lead Small app. This allows you to send your own small group questions, discussion guides, devotionals, training, and messages to all of your volunteers every single week. And the second one I want to tell you about is the Parent Q app. Now, this is the one that I have on my phone, and I promise I look at it every day. Every parent wants to connect with their child, and this app does that for you in the most easiest of way. It actually gives you a countdown to your child's graduation, and that's pretty cool. It also gives you Bible connections that you can talk about and discussion starters so that when you're driving around in the carpool lane or something, you're on the way to the shops, you're taking your kid to the sporting event, it gives you topics you can discuss with your kids on that ride. It's pretty amazing. 
So you can pick up all of these amazing apps simply by going to orangeapps.church. That's orangeapps.church. I promise you're going to want to pick up one, probably more than that. But hey, that's enough from me. Let's get straight into today's expert guests. What are the messages that parents hear from us, the church? What is the message that parents hear from us? Do they hear an invitation to the party or do they hear something different? And that got me thinking about some of the messages that I've heard and my family had heard in the past. As a kid, my best friend was this cute little redhead named Paula, and her nickname was Pog. I have no idea. I literally have no idea. I was six or seven when we met, and her name, her nickname was Pog. So it was like, it's Pog, that's awesome. I don't know what it means. I don't know how she got it. But that was her nickname. Her family was Catholic, and she lived right across the street. Our family was not. We were the parent, the family that did, we were gone on the weekends doing experiences, which was awesome. Occasionally I would go to church with them. And I have to tell you from a very young age, even though it felt a little awkward because I wasn't used to it, there was something about it. There was something about the tradition and the things that they did as they walked in. I didn't know why they dipped water and, and I didn't know why they kneeled. And I, but sitting, it's like this room is perfect because sitting, if you can just close your eyes for a second and imagine that you're nine and you're sitting on wooden pews and there's kind of an echo and you see this, these symbols all around you there was something oddly comforting about it. That to me was part of my journey and it sent a message to me that there's someone, I didn't know his name, I didn't know anything about him, I didn't know that I could have a relationship with him, but there was someone that was bigger and probably in charge. That message kind of changed Um, when Paula had her eighth birthday. See, Paula lived right across the street and she had this great big birthday party planned and I wasn't invited. My mom later told me that I wasn't invited because it was for her school friends, right? And I remember sitting on my front lawn and I wasn't mad, I wasn't really sad because here's what my message was in my head. My message was, hey, best friend party coming later, boom, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what my head was telling. I'm kind of an optimist. Um, but to my mom, the message that my mom got that she equated to the church, can you imagine? That message was that she was excluded and that her daughter was excluded. If we want our message to reactivate parents, then we need to make sure that our message doesn't make any parent feel excluded. There's another message parents can hear sometimes too, that they're disqualified. See, 20 years ago, I was a divorced mother of two that had worked at 
a church. And during a divorce that I did not want, all of a sudden I was disqualified from my job. I was disqualified from what I thought was what God was calling me to ministry and I felt disqualified as a parent. How are we embracing our neighbors, our volunteers? Because we, their ministry is messy, right? It's not just parents, it's, it's volunteers, who most of them are parents, and our parents. When crisis hits, what kind of messages are we sending them? I am not for a minute blaming those sweet people because I get it. You know what? Leadership is hard and ministry is messy. But sometimes without a strategic message and a clear focus, we can leave people to create a story arc in their minds that is half true or not true enough. So we have to be very clear and very strategic with how we use our words. I know why you're here today, because I'm one of you. Um, Any one of you could be up here doing the same thing. Um, You're here because you understand that this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And what you also understand is that, or you value partnering with parents, but it can be one of the most challenging parts of your strategy. This is hard and it's squishy. (laughs) You get what that means. It's like we get we need to do it and it's more than a handout, but how do we do it? The very fact that this breakout is sold out is not because I am some great draw. You guys, most of you don't even know me. It's not because I'm John Acuff. I'm not really funny. I'm loud and I like a party, okay? Um, And I'm not like our awesome friend Reggie who can draw an amazing crowd because he's so thoughtful and everything he does and um, inspirational. But you're here because this is big and it's an important topic. And we as a church have to figure this out. Here's why it gets hard. It's all the doing, right? You're here and I guarantee that most of you, probably 99.9% of you, when you go back to your room or when you're on a break right after this, maybe even right now, I don't know, um, you're answering texts, you're answering emails, you're thinking about the to-do list. Is everything gonna be packaged? Do I have my team ready? We just got done with Easter. (laughs) Who had a ministry hangover after Easter? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, it's like the walking dead in, in churches the day after, right? Come on, if you work on Monday, which I did. Summer's here. Camps are coming. You're thinking about fall festival. If you do that, you're thinking about how to engage families. You're thinking about Christmas. I hope you're thinking about Christmas. And on top of all of the doing, we need to be thoughtful and strategic about how we create a message for parents. Because here's the reason why. When we partner with parents, it gives us the opportunity to give parents a different message. I love, 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 I'm stealing a lot of 
of material from Reggie last night. I mean, (laughs) that was gold. Um, I loved what he said last night. If we are for parents, then we will never let parents parent what? Alone. Alone. Did that hit you in the stomach like it hit me? That was strong. Parents need an advocate. They need cheerleaders. They need coaches. They need mentors. Because many times they just don't know what they don't know, especially if they have not grown up with a faith foundation. But here are two things. I'm going to fast forward here a little bit. Two things that we want, uh, that we do know about every parent. Two things are true about every parent. And it doesn't matter um, if they are married parents or single parents. It doesn't matter if they have much or they have little. It doesn't matter if they live in Texas, Colorado, Atlanta, Norway, the UK, or Uganda. These two parents, these two things, every parent need to know. Every parent wants to be a good parent. These are two things we need to know. Every parent wants to be a good parent. Would you agree with that? Yes. I, I don't care who they are. They've got, even if it's the mama that didn't expect it. Maybe it's the mama that um, has a baby because of human trafficking. Maybe it's the mama that is addicted to a substance. That parent still wants to be a good parent. And the second thing is, every parent can take a next step. To reactivate parents in a busy and noisy world with a strategic message, it's important to communicate two things. And these are the two things we're going to talk about today. Oops, there they are. What do you want them to know and what do you want them to do? So we're gonna break this down this way. Can you tell like I've never used really a clicker? I'm like, whatever. All right, so if I get ahead of myself, forgive me. You guys have some notes, you can take some notes. Um, I think first we want them to know that they are welcomed, expected, accepted, qualified, and included. They need to know that no matter where they're coming from, no matter what they're coming into our churches or into relationship with us with, that we want them there. Made in the image of God is who they are and we want them to know that no matter, that everybody is invited to the party. We want them to know also, here's another thing, that they are the most important influence in their child's life. And we need to wrap our heads around that because I think part of the reason why we have to work so hard at this part of our strategy is because over the centuries, as a church, we've taken the responsibility of this from parents. And they've given it, but we've taken it. And there's a part of us as leaders, I believe, that we have to say, man, forgive us. Let us help you. Let us equip you, right? Um, My husband and I recently made this transitional move to Colorado from Texas in January, and I'm now leading a family ministry at LifeBridge Christian Church up in Longmont. 
When I got there, I wanted to know who our families were, um, how many, how often are they coming? I know we all know what the national average is, right? It used to be like 2.5, and now and a couple years ago it went down to 1.8-ish. And so I'm like curious, it's Boulder County. I've heard a lot about Boulder County. Boulder County was rated the least religious county in the United States. 2% of the people say that they're believers in Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for our church? It's a fairly large church. Regular attenders are coming 0.8 times a month. That makes it really, really difficult for us to have the kind of influence that we need to spiritually lead children, right? And we know this, this all goes down to the, this great rule that we talk about in Orange, right? The 43,000 rule. We have 40 hours a year and parents have an excess of 3,000 hours a year. In Boulder County, it's less than 20 hours a year. So we have to be very, very smart and very, very strategic on how we help these parents be spiritual influencers over their children. As much as we think about the church, Jesus, and ministry as leaders, parents, they just don't. They are busy. Have you guys noticed? <laughs> I mean, these people are busy. They're thinking about how they're going to pick up kid number one from school and get him to soccer practice, all at the same time trying to figure out how to get kid number two to the orthodontist, all before dinner time, and then dinner who needs to eat? I mean, right? Eating is optional. So there's just no, they're busy, busy, busy. They need to know that they were created to be this primary spiritual influencer over their children. They also need to know that they can make, this is the third thing, every moment a teachable moment. So we're going to talk about how we can help resource some of our, all of our parents to take every moment and make it a teachable moment. Remind them of the patterns and the rhythms that are in their daily lives and their weekly lives already, right? I mean, when I was raising my kids, the big thing back then was the big family devotional time during the week, right? You know, like get out the big old family Bible, and the kids are going, Ugh. and we as parents were going, Ugh. I just, I don't, I'm not equipped to do this, right? But what we're saying now is no, 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 no. We're gonna resource you and we're gonna give you all the tools you need to have these conversations with your kids while you're driving, right? Deuteronomy 6, you guys know this. While you're driving, when you get up in the morning, when you're noon and night, when bath time, bedtime, all those moments. Parents today, I, I just wanted to read you guys some statistics and, and kind of get our heads wrapped around this reality. Parents today face challenges that they didn't face when I was raising kids. Um, I'm old, I'm just gonna tell you. Um, when, I when I was raising kids, it was not, the challenges are, were not the same as they are today. There were still challenges, don't get me wrong. I was a single mom for many years. Those, those are challenging years. But today, most families are juggling two income schedules, right? Not just two incomes, but schedules. One lead, you guys know what that means. After school sports, piles of homework. Did you know that the average high school student today 
is learning the same content that my generation and the Gen X generation learned in college. Wrap your head around that for a minute. The average amount of time that a high school student will spend in doing homework every day is three to four and a half hours. And that doesn't include AP classes. And then you add on top of that after school activities. And we're hoping that that youth group and student, student ministry is in there. Um, in a great book that Kristen Ivey hooked me up with a few weeks ago called Shut Up, Silence the negative thoughts in your head. If you work in student ministry or if you're a senior leader or a family leader, you need to write this down. It's called Shut Up. <laughs> you can Amazon it. Silence the negative thoughts in your head. Author Chrissy Pierce writes about the epidemic of teen suicides in our country and the world today. This is a big deal in Boulder County. This school year alone, we've had eight suicides. The youngest one was the second month I was there and was an eighth grader. This is, this is a real deal. You talk about challenges. Listen to what she says. We live in a culture where the pressure for our kids to compete in academics, sports, music, dance, and drama, and the list goes on, is huge. We feel like if we don't push our kids to do these things, we will fail them. Parents feel like they will fail their children if they are not given every opportunity. But what teens are telling us, she continues, if we will listen, is that the pressure is having unintended consequences. See, there's a message from society that is drowning out a more strategic message that you have that will help give kids a better future. Here's an important principle when it comes to activating parents with a strategic message. And this is a, an, an axiom that Andy Stanley uses, and I love it. Less is... Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complex. Make it simple, make it easy, and make it strategic. Welcome to the Think Orange podcast. We are here at Orange Conference and the van. We've done a lot of interviews in the last couple of days. Well, Sarah, be more specific. It's a, a party it's van. It's a party van, and it is only like 9 a.m., and it just feels like a party up in here. I'm having a great time. I feel like breaking <laughs> out into dance and song, but I'll refrain. We'll refrain. Yep. Um, so but we are here. I'm Sarah Bragg. And I'm Holly Crawshaw. And we are here with our new friend, Deborah Tillman. Hello. So give us, we are, we are I, I will not lie, I kind of geeked out when I read your bio and I read the questions that we're going to be talking about today. I am so excited about Aww. this conversation because you get to talk to two moms. Right. Yes. Excited yes. and also a little bit desperate. <laughs> right. I told my husband, I was like, do you think she makes house calls? Like, like she's if, in if town. I, maybe. If I beg her, if we maybe bring our kids on site. I have some videos I can show you. Maybe you can do some coaching. Oh, I will help. I will help. I'm here to help. <laughs> so give everybody just a little snapshot of who you are. Okay, so Deborah Tillman, my goodness. Um, I was an accountant a long time ago. Okay. I am now a mother, a speaker, an entrepreneur. I own child care centers in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, 
but my my biggest title that I would say is that I'm just a mom with a light, you know, holding it bright for children and families everywhere. My son had seven child care providers in three months when he was born. Wow. And my husband and I looked for quality child care and could not find it yeah. anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, he had the wrong breast milk given to him, like just horror stories. Oh, my goodness. You know, in a car seat for four hours. Um, when I came wow. back to pick him up, he was sweating profusely with his coat still on. And I just really couldn't take it. I kept saying, you know, God, what? why? Why me? Why me? And, you know, when you ask God the why question, you do mm. not get an answer. Mm -mm. And so mm -mm. for all of you out here, <laughs> do not ask God that. Um, and it wasn't until the 7th when I went into a home and I was so frustrated. And he was in a back room. And he was in a bassinet. He had a bottle in his mouth. The wall was holding up the bottle, and he was sucking air. And at that point, I yeah. really did surrender to God and say, you know, what is it you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And he said seven small words. I want you to do it better. Wow. And I quit my job the next day wow. and got wow. on this journey of really being able to provide quality child care for parents everywhere because I didn't want parents to feel the pain that I felt having gone through those experiences. And so that led me to um, a life. I've been doing it for 24 years, since 1994. And you wow. have a nickname. Do you know what it is? What? America's super nanny. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How did that happen? Oh, my gosh. Deborah is America's super nanny. Right. And we're in the party van with her. We're in a party van with a super nanny. Literally, this is a mother's dream. It is a mother's dream. It really is. All right, I'm sorry. Keep going. It's all good. It's all good. So, yes, I did get that call probably about 18 years into the business. Right. And uh, they said, Joe Frost retired. We're looking for an America's super nanny, somebody, you know, born in America. America, and uh, are you interested? If you are, give us a call on Wednesday. All right, so who's, who's right. they called? They called. They are Lifetime TV. Yes, producers. Right. Yes, we just want to make sure. I know, acting like y'all don't know, Thank you for that clarification. But yeah, Lifetime TV uh, executives call me up and said, right. if you're interested, call us on a Wednesday. Called on a Wednesday, did a Skype interview. I didn't even know what Skype was. Had to right. get my 20 year old to say, well, you know, put me on Skype. <laughs> and they flew me out to California. Wow. Threw me in a house with a woman who had two children mm -hmm. and a plethora of issues with was a cameraman. It, it was not you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds vaguely familiar. Plethora of issues. Plethora of issues. She got me at that. I can relate. And said, fix her problems and you have an hour to do it. And that was wow. my test. That was my screen test. Wow. wow that's crazy. Very and I guess much. you fixed her problems because her then problems. you became super nanny. <laughs> so that was how long ago? That was uh, 2011. And so we did two okay. seasons of that. I right. ended in 2014. Got it. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Deborah, you obviously are a woman of faith. Yes. And so um, what would you say... Um, so this is the Think Orange podcast. So our listeners are like church leaders, church volunteers, people in the church world, um, a ton of parents, I'm sure. And so what would you say to a church leader? Um, what's the best thing that they can do? What message do church leaders need to hear um, or give to parents? What message do church leaders need to give to parents? What do parents most need to hear from a church leader right now? Mm, that's a good question. I would say you are not alone. Mm. A lot of parents feel alone. I mean, I've been in so many houses, and, and then I work in a church. I'm the nursery school director. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, but the thing about it is that parents come to us, some single parents, 
parents who have special needs children, right. um, just and, and fathers too, you know, mothers and, and dads. And everybody's overwhelmed. I mean, they're busy, you know, they're feeling guilty about everything, and they just need to hear that we are there to support them, that we will be the hands, the legs, the arms, something, the ear, the hug, the smile, right. um, to uplift them and inspire and encourage them that's because good. that's really what they're missing. Parent guilt is so pervasive. Oh my well, gosh. And, and here's the thing. I love that because I feel like you kind of hit at the tension point because both of us have worked for churches in the past and right. worked in student ministry specifically. And I did that when I was single, newly married, for sure, mm. no kids. Me too. And I think that it's really easy for those of us ministry leaders when we don't have kids oh, yeah. to kind of feel like we know it all or to kind of approach it this way. And so I think that message of we are not alone. It's sometimes hard for leaders who don't have kids. What would you say to those leaders who don't have kids but are leading, you know, kids who have parents? What would you say to them? Um, you need to walk a mile in somebody's shoes. Don't judge, you know, because we really need to have the heart of Jesus. And, you know, when Jesus was at the well before he restored the woman with five husbands living, you know, with one that wasn't her husband, mm -hmm. he, you know, talked to her before he restored her. You know, he heals before, you know, he, he does anything else. And so he doesn't go around judging. He never did. And we are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. And so it's up to us to really, like, try to put ourselves in their in their shoes, yes. even though it's hard. You yes. know what I mean? And there are some things that people who don't have children can offer, like, you know, cultural experiences. Some moms don't know how to use, you know, you Skype the like means. I did. Or right. you don't have the means or, or you know, all these new um, apps on the phone. You know, just help in some sort of way. Yes. You know, lend a helping hand in some way. Yes. Everybody can help. Well, and it's like the, the way you talk about the parents and all of those, like, what can we do to partner? Using that kind of language yeah. rather than, yeah, I know. Instead like, of I. Yeah. And, yeah, it's all. It should be all about we. Yes, we right. and us. What yes. can what can we do to help you? Yes, you know, or not just help, but what can we do to support you? Yeah, what can we do to partner with you? Yes. Those are great words. Those are great words. Okay, so speaking of words, yep. There's a word that I'm really excited to talk to you a about. parent's favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and this is something that I personally have been just wrestling with. So, you know, here I am 10 years into this parenting journey, and I have wrestled with all along the word discipline. And so for me, I feel like I was set up to fail as a parent around the word discipline mm -hmm. because it was always communicated as punishment. Yes. And I would find myself, I got to discipline you or you, you just wait till I discipline you. And I was like, but in any other context, mm -hmm. if I'm talking about that word, it's positive. Right. I want to discipline my body to run a marathon. I want to discipline my body to lose five pounds. Yes. Or I want to discipline. I want to be um, more disciplined. My, yes. Right. Or, and I want to read my no Bible so I'm going to yeah. practice right. reading every day. Right. Things. Those are all positive things. Yet yeah. with parenting, it, it's a whole different. We never talk about it in those terms. So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on that specifically about discipline. Yeah, I'm so glad you, you talked about that in, in our past because I think a lot of what we bring to the table as parents are things from our past. I mean, we can only give what we have inside of us. And for me, I grew up the same way. You know, mom was like, you know, discipline meant, you know, spanking. Yes. Punishment. Yeah. You know, do as I say, not, as, you know, just do what I say. You mm -hmm. don't even ask why. Right. Okay? right. Because I said so. Because I said so. Right. Because I said so. Because I said so. Right. Right. You're being smart mouth if you ask why. Yes. Right. And so for us, we had to sort of retrain our minds to think that, you know, what the real meaning is, it comes from the root word disciple, which means to teach. Mm. 
And, you know, just like Jesus taught the disciple, we have to do the same for our children. If it's not teaching something, don't do it. And so, you know, our parents, God bless them, they did what they did um, because that's what they knew, right, right? right? But when you know better, you do better. And really for us, it's about teaching, it's about training, it's about talking from zero to 10. And then as they get older, it's about listening and learning and loving them through the mistakes because we made mistakes too. Yes, sure. Yeah, and we need the grace. Yeah. So you said if it's not teaching something, don't do it. So um, if I'm, I'm talking to the parents who are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you have seen that have been effective in regard to teaching kids versus disciplining them in the sense that we think today. Right. So say, for example, you have an 18-month-old, right? And they, uh, they're kind of coming into their own. So usually just in terms of early childhood development, they might say you have macaroni or something. They might throw it or they might hit you, right? right? They might hit right. you. They just hit you. Right. So the first things parents say is what? No. No, stop. Don't do that, right? <laughs> so then they wonder why when the ch- child gets two years old that the child says, No. No, back to them because they've been trained. That's right. You know, you taught them that. But if you take the time to just take the child's hand, and I'm just going to take your hand. We'll do some role play. Yes, we'll do some role play. (laughs) And I'll say, gentle touches, gentle touches. And then I'll go, very good. And then I'll hit my own hand, not their hand. And I'll say, don't like it. And you make the mommy face. And they're not in here to see the mommy face. But the mommy face is really yes. just a face I that think... looks like I'm going to kill you, but yes. I'm not. <laughs> we, we all know that face real well. We and then, yeah, you just, you know, you show them what to do as opposed to telling them what not to do. That's so that's, good. That's, so that's, good. The... that's I, instruction. Can I go back in time? <laughs> no it's kidding. It's too late. Right. I do have a five-month-old. So right. Sailor. It's going to lie. Sailor. Right. So, Deborah, one of your goals um, is to help parents better themselves, which yes. obviously has a ton of merit. Um, but the very idea of this can make some parents feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, inherently, the word parent mm-hmm. sort of infers guilt. Yes. So mm-hmm. what should we as leaders say to those parents who want to better themselves but already carry so much guilt? Yeah. I would say uh, parenting is a journey. You know, yeah, parenting is a journey. It's going to take time. It does not happen overnight. Um, Whatever you're going through, your child could be, you know, getting bad grades or not doing homework, whatever it is. It's not the transformation of that is not Mm -hmm. going to happen overnight. It's a journey. And so, therefore, you have to know that there's going to be peaks and there's going to be valleys. Sometimes we have to go through the valleys before we get to the victories. Sometimes we have to go through the tests before we get to the testimonies. Sometimes we have to go over the mountain or through the mountain to get to a miracle. It's going to take time. But as long as we join together, partner together, work together together. Um, we can do this. We can get through this. Um, And those are the kinds of things that I want to inspire parents with, inspire, uplift, encourage, not just, you know, beat them, beat them down. So how can... Because we're already guilty. We're feeling guilty about everything. We feel guilty when they, when they fall. Oh, if I was home, they wouldn't have fell. Yes. I feel guilty if they're getting bad grades. Oh, if I studied more with them, they wouldn't get the bad... We can't carry yes. everything yes. with us. I mean, we even feel guilty about who we created. Like, oh, if they didn't have my personality about right. this. Like, yeah, like let it go. We right. have to let it go if and let go. If she didn't have my hair, bless her. <laughs> bless your hair wounds because Girl, you they're coming good hair. You no, good hair. It takes a lot to get to get this mane under control. <laughs> and my nine-year-old, it is not, it is, it is, it is a journey. That is, right. her hair is a journey. That every will night, be her journey. Every night she wants me to put it in braids, so okay. it's curly the next morning. Okay. But she has more hair than she has sense. 
Miss Deborah, and so it takes about an hour to braid Mm-mm. it. That's where I say I got, ain't got time for okay. that. Okay, so she reads you a story while you braid the hair. Right. right. Uh, or I watch Netflix while she reads a book. But yes, something along those lines. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned the word, and we're talking about partnering with parents yes. to help them become their best selves. Yes. So, so since we're talking, if you're a church, if someone is a church leader that's listening, how can they partner? What does that look like, practically speaking, yeah. to partner with parents for for the parents to be their best self? Right. Um, meeting them where they are. Yeah, I think a lot of times we go in as church leaders, and even we've been guilty of it, even at my church, of like thinking in our own minds what we think parents need. Yes. And without having them in on the conversation. So parents, I have an acronym for parents, right? And parents are to be in position to adequately raise, educate, nurture, train, and support. All right, hold on, hold on. All right, let's (laughs) say that again. For everybody who's taking notes, so parents, P is position. P is position. R is raise. A is to adequately. Can you spell parent? (laughs) I know. I, I can't, apparently. A. I have three kids. This is what happens. So it's position, P position, position to A adequately, adequately raise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Raise is the R. E mm-hmm. is the educate. Got it. N mm-hmm. is nurture. Mm-hmm. T is train. And support is the That's S. Right. That is my acronym for parents. And so, you know, yes, we want them to become the best version of themselves. But what does that mean? That means, you know communicating with them effectively. That means not making them feel guilty. That means, you know, um, going the extra mile, you know, just the nice phone call, the nice hug. You know, some parents, and I always say it's not just church. It's everywhere we kind of put on masks. We wear a mask, you know, to, you don't know if a parent is is going through something because they come in with a smile, but just give them a hug. You don't Mm -hmm. know what they're going through, you know, could be going through a divorce. You don't know, you don't know, just, just be there. As a leader, that's our that's our great commission. So uh, Sarah and I were both student in student ministry, and then we uh-huh. were both in preschool ministry. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I'm sure we've all experienced is um, th- that child who doesn't have that support system at home. Um, we suspect might have not have the most stable environment, the most loving environment. Maybe a neighbor brings them or okay. uh, a distant relative brings them to church. And so what would you say to the church leader who has maybe a child in their ministry who you suspect maybe doesn't have the most loving environment at home or the most stable or supportive environment? What would you say to a church leader? How do you meet that child's needs or, or at least um, make an effort to serve that child? Mm, good question. I would say give more love. Yeah. The darker it looks, the lighter we have to be. Mm, okay, right? And so God tells us to what you, we are the light of the world. As leaders, we are the light of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that light ha- is like a city. It has to be visible. Parents have to see us as a light. We have to model mm-hmm. the behavior we want to see. So it doesn't really matter that Johnny has these issues. Well, it matters, but, mm-hmm. you know, we can't do anything technically about Johnny um, having a dysfunctional household. Unless we're super nanny and we can go in the house and fix it. But, <laughs> but, 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 but what we can do, <laughs> what we can do is, um, you know, sow some seeds into that child. Mm. Uplift them. Yes. You know, I never forget my teacher. We, my, my father left three days before my 12th birthday and I was wow. a daddy's girl. And wow. um, my grades went from straight A's to straight C's. 
And if it wasn't for Miss Neils who pulled me aside and said, there is something great in you. Wow. And I know you're going mm-hmm. through something at home right now, mm-hmm. but I'm going to meet you every day at 3.30. And everybody knows school ended at 2.30. She met with me every day for an hour for a year to just talk, to just mm-hmm. talk to me. And my mother, you know, love, lovely mother, but I didn't get it from my mother. Right. I got it from Miss Neils. Right. You know, so sometimes you, you can just be that angel for somebody else. Right. Just go the extra mile. Go Which is that mile. whole partnering with you know Exactly. Children, no matter what age, need more voices right. than the one voice of parents. That's right. They need other voices that are gonna come it around side them. Yes. Yeah. Because your mom, you know, was going through something herself. Right. And and so to have someone else that I can meet that need right now. That's right. That's powerful. That is powerful yeah. and it's needed. And that's why we need more mentors. Yes. We don't even call them church leaders. Um, we just say mentor. Everybody's yes. a mentor. Yes. <laughs> for life. Yes. You know, Absolutely. be consistent for life. Yes. Okay, so you talk about how parents need to understand their purpose mm-hmm. a lot. And in fact, you wrote a book called Parenting on yes. Purpose. Yes. And so what do you believe is the ultimate goal in parenting? Wow. Oh, I tell parents everywhere, listen, if you do nothing else. Okay, I'm listening. I'm leaning in. <laughs> Take out your pens right now. Right. If you do nothing else, I need you to implant five fingerprints on your children. And the first one is to make them feel accepted because the world oh, will tell them yes. that they're not accepted. They're accepted how they look. I don't care how they look. I don't care what their body image is. They are accepted in this household. Okay, which you, is so hard sometimes. Which is hard, yeah. If you have a kid that is hard to oh, parent, yes. that is a hard to make your home feel the safest. And we both right. we both have a challenge. A challenge, <laughs> a sweet, or, precious, yes, challenge. beautiful challenge. But but yes, it's yeah. hard. Like that is a hard thing to go. Yeah. You to what I'm communicating with my sure, face sure. and everything. Of going, you are totally accepted. And they do read right. body language. Yes, they, they do. Re- yes. They read tone, they know. eyes. Everything. Yes, yes. She will ask me something, and I will just try to control my face, and she'll say, "I'm sorry, mommy. I'm sorry, mommy." And then I just, wow. I right. want to crumble. But right. I say anything because oh, it was just your face. I'm yeah. just like, and you might just say that, you know, right. it was just my face. Right. Mommy's in a yes. different place That's right now. This is you where know, I lean in. You know, good. yes, this yeah. I lean so into good. the theologian of Bruno Mars, right. and he says, you know, the song. He's like, "Fix your face," and I say it all the time. <laughs> 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 and sometimes I can't fix my face. Yes. Okay. So accept it. Make sure they so feel acceptance. Make yeah. them feel accepted. Make them feel valued. Okay. Because yeah. valued is different from acceptance. I, you know, who who creates the value of something? If I'm a, if I'm an artist, and uh, the person who's buying the painting does not say what the price is, mm. the person who created it does, right? That's so good. the quicker we can get them aligned with God and letting them know what your Father, your your wow. heavenly Father, mm-hmm. says about you. That you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. 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 That That's I good. knew you before you were born, that there's plans for you and they are good and not of evil that will take you to an expected end. If you can plant that in them and uplift them with that, then it doesn't matter what their earthly father does. It doesn't matter that yeah. he left. Yes. You know, they have a heavenly father. Yes. Um, the third fingerprint is capable, making them feel that they're capable of doing what you know they know how to do. Yes. I think a lot of times we try to rescue our children mm-hmm. and make them feel like they can't do it because we want to overcompensate. Um, but there's one thing that my father did for 12 years before he left, and that was every single day before I went out the house, he said, you are a Washington. I was a Washington. No. Yes. Yes, that's oh what I'm saying. I'm like, yes, I'm like, I was a Watson. Oh 
close. You are a Washington. And yes. what that meant was that there, you know, I mean, I really thought that we were like the president's kids or something yes, because right. I was like the way he was talking and there's greatness and there's nothing you can't do. And I mean, he just lifted me up so that when I went to Wesleyan and when I went to Oxford, you know, I never felt intimidated right. because I got those seeds from my father. That's right. I was that, a Washington. That is good. That, that is exactly something my dad would say. Yeah. He has I love many it. times. Yeah. That's good. The four fingerprint is that you are forgiven. Mm. Forgiven. Because a lot of times I think children, we get into the whole, you know, I'm working with a client now whose child is just a chronic liar. Like they lie about everything. And I said, mommy, let's get to the root of that. Why are they lying? It comes from fear. Mm. The fear of the consequences. So if we take away the fear, then we get the child to lessen that sort of behavior. And so um, we've got to forgive people, you know. God forgives us every so. I mean, we make mistakes every day. And we cannot be on this pedestal just because we're parents. We have to let children know we made mistakes too. Yes. It's okay. And I think that it's easy for parents to think, um, we think that our kids know that we make mistakes. But I think our kids, and the younger they are especially, they don't know. Because I remember my oldest, like, just crying, feeling so bad about mm-hmm. something she did wrong. And I was like, sweetie, mm-hmm. we all make mistakes. Mommy makes mistakes. And she was like, no, you don't. No, they don't think And I do. said, I just yelled at you five seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Like, do you not remember that scenario? You know, but they do. Mm-hmm. It's like, going, no, we are just as flawed. Yeah, exactly. there's, there's nothing more humbling than having to ask your child for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you do that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Saying you're That's sorry. So good. It's hard. Saying I have sorry. to. I'm like, you know what? That's so good. Mommy is in a bad mood, and that is not good. your fault. That is mommy's mm-hmm. fault. Mommy needs to go have a minute. Good. Right. Or 10 in, right. in, the, in the pantry. <laughs> right. So don't come in here. Right. Gonna, Give me some space for just a minute. It's going to look good. like a, a chocolate attack. Hot mess. Oh, but All isn't right. transparency right. freedom? Yes, isn't it is. Isn't it freedom? It really is. Yeah. It for breaks sure. down the wall. There you go. Yeah. All right, and the fifth one. And the fifth one is you are loved. And love, guys, is like God's love. You know, agape Mm -hmm. love. Come on now. We make mistakes. We still love you. We don't love the behavior, but we love you. And love to a child is spelled T-I-M-E. That is for sure. Not T-H-I-N-G-S. Yes. Mm, And that is is hard for parents to give their time away. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't like playing Barbies and I don't like playing Legos or I don't, you know, it's yeah. like, but in those years where you don't like doing that, it's still, they still need to feel that yeah. love in the sense exactly. of time. And it's worth it in the end. Yes. You know, yes. to enjoy the journey. Well, and I think if parents under, or church leaders understand that this is what children need, mm-hmm. these five things, then you can come alongside. That's right. And help breathe that in as well. Yes. That's yes. what partnership looks yes. like. Yes. As a church leader, you know, at, we were both preschool directors. You know some of these things in theory, but in practice, it, it's so different. It's and yeah. it's hard as a church leader to carve out time to make these things a priority in order, you know, you're thinking about your children, right. your environment, your curriculum. Like, we have to have enough cotton balls right. in the bag. Right. right. The, enough goldfish. We have to have the allergy signs up. Right. But this is the stuff that yeah. matters. Right. At the end of the day, right. this is it. It's helping parents realize yes. these things. And then when they're lacking, stepping in the Step gap. In. Yeah. That's so good. Step in. <sighs> Thank you for hanging out with us. Oh, I loved it. I Thank feel like I walked away a better parent. Bus. Yes. <laughs> if you guys could see it, it, there's disco lights above us. <laughs> Black leather. It smells like shoe polish. It's awesome. Orange knows how to do it. <laughs> it's been awesome. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thank you so you much. You are so sweet. It was oh, so great to God meet you. God bless you. Thank you.
Wow, there was some great content during that interview and during that clip. I mean, as a pastor, as somebody who works in ministry, I know that I found a lot of that stuff helpful because even though I don't work with students per se, uh, I do have a lot to do with parents in our church. And so I found that just incredibly helpful. I'm sure that you did as well. The thing that I took away is that you don't have to be a parent to care about kids and students, and you don't have to be a parent to learn more about kids and understand them. But if you're working with kids and students, there are a few things that you need to know and understand about parenting. So I really hope that this episode was encouraging and informative for you. If it was, we would appreciate if you would give the podcast a thumbs up. You can do that by simply giving it a rating on iTunes. You could also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you want some show notes from today's episode, you can get them so easily at thinkorangepodcast.com. That's thinkorangepodcast.com. We've got a whole bunch of tweetable things in there, information about our guests and ways that you can connect with them. So I would really encourage you to do that. And please share this episode with a friend or someone in ministry who you know just needs this information to be really helpful for them. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I can't wait until next week. And until then, I'm going to end with our special slogan, but I'm going to just tap on the window of the portal and see if, yep, K-Daddy, are you awake in there? Yes. All right, I want you to say a little shout out with us. When you think next generation, think think orange. orange. Brand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com.